upending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense. It's time for happy hour here at Mutiny Radio. I am going to have to turn down. It's really loud out there. I guess we're going to be ringing. Woo! We've got feedback. I'll fix it out there. Don't worry about it. Uh, hey, it's happy hour, and we have a very special guest host today. Everybody put your hands together for Jack Ferguson. Yay! Oh, hello, hello. Hey, welcome, guys. Wow, so many people walking in. This is just my family, guys. I lost my notebook. Lost my notebook. So I'm just doing stuff that I remember at this point. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys, <laughs> you guys work out? <laughs> yeah. You work out. All right. Yeah. And you take supplements when you work out? Yeah. What do you take? PC8. You take PCP before you work out, man. You work out on PCP, you'll have a good workout. That'll be a strong fucking lifting, and then you get kicked out of the gym, but you're running really fast away from the cops, so you get good cardio, too. I like to take Viagra before I work out, just let people know what's up, you know? Yeah. Nobody wants to share a rack with a guy who's been torqued for two hours, so... Really keeps the plebeians away from my weights, if you know what I'm talking about. Ladies know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? Yeah, give it up for all the ladies in the room. Yeah. Pam, there you go. You're not even really in the room, so. Uh, yeah, man, I like to work out. I used to play sports. I used to play football. And uh, that makes me unlikable, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do love football, though. People do ask me weird questions about it. They always want to know if I had concussions when I played football. And I hate that question because I don't remember. So, yeah, that's the thing. I think that uh, if I was in charge of sports, which is my goal, just to be in charge of all sports, uh, I think I would change some of them. You know, just uh, I think, for instance, water polo. Water, water polo is kind of a sissy sport. They need some more intensity in that sport. I think they should just pop a couple eels in the pool, you know? Let the people uh, fight it out with, with nature, with Mother Nature, you know? If you can, if you can outswim an eel, you can dodge a wrench. So that's, there it is. Uh, I also think that in NASCAR, you know, it's, it's kind of the original way NASCAR started. I don't know if you know this. It was uh, bootleggers trying to get alcohol uh, from one place to the other, and they started racing. Ernest is nodding. You, you fucking know. You probably had relatives who were doing that sort of stuff. Uh, I think in NASCAR, there should be a cop car that starts about 100 yards back from all the racers, and for the whole race, he's chasing them, and if he catches you, he pulls you over and gives you a speeding ticket, and uh, then you're, you're out for the rest of the race. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny, guys. That is funny, but uh, not here. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think in, um, fuck it. I think we should only let black people play lacrosse, you know, <laughs> because then lacrosse would be way cooler and also probably wouldn't exist. So, uh, <laughs> that's what I think. That's just my two cents. Cancel me. Uh, <laughs> I, my favorite play 
in all of sports is when they'll let one of those uh, Make-A-Wish kids score a touchdown on an NFL team. Super realistic. I think the kids believe that it's happening, you know? And I want to let I want to make a Wikipedia entry for one of those kids that doesn't mention the fact that they had cancer, you know? Just Daniel Hunter is an 11-year-old running back for the Dallas Cowboys. He has one carry for 70 yards and a touchdown before he died. Uh, <laughs> the actual end of that joke is before his career was cut tragically short, but you know what? You guys know it, so I'm mixing it up. Uh, yeah, man. I, can someone tell me who's first on the list? Tushar. Man, this guy, I'm going to do about 20 minutes on what I think of him before I introduce him. I think he's just a great guy. All around, all around. Comics comic, you know, he always... <laughs> he always <laughs> and by that I mean he always gives me cigarettes. So uh, I want you guys to make it really authentically loud for Tushar as he comes up to the stage. Yes, give it up for some ethnic comedy, everybody. Okay. Uh, I took a flight the other day, and while I was boarding the flight, I was having an ice cream. And I got on the flight, the air hostess went, sir, are you with that family right there? And I'm like, are you saying that because they're brown and I'm brown? Right? And she says, no, sir, your ice cream, it's like on your shirt, and now the whole plane is going to be covered with ice cream. So I just think, like, I was just thinking maybe if there's an adult, like, with you, somewhere you know that would i would talk to them about this ice cream i'm like ma'am you win this round you know you might not be racist but you're definitely against ice cream i mean that is a crime okay uh <laughs> and uh it, what, what 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 happened then after that okay uh i have i actually don't remember what happened after that um in any case so i was i was um i was like ma'am you know what, what do you want me to do? And she says, well, just make sure you don't spill the ice cream. You know, that's not gonna be a good flight for anybody. And I'm like, ma'am, this is Spirit Airlines. Like, irrespective, this is not gonna be a good flight for anybody, okay. <laughs> Very funny to share. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, a guy came up to me at, at a party the other day and he was like, are you Indian? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, well, <laughs> wow, what a joke, Dushar, that was, that was funny. <laughs> and he goes, you know what? I have a second cousin who likes Indian food. And I'm like, that's great. That's the right amount of distance between you and Indian food. You know, well done, bro. And he says, well, you know, don't get me wrong. I have tried Indian food and it hurt my belly. And I have to say Indian food kind of tastes like cat food. You know, and I'm like, sir, you've got to stop eating your cat's food. You know, because <laughs> that, that's... Like, I think you should try Indian food again. Uh, I'll tell you a nice place, right? And he says, okay. And I'm like, don't eat the food. Feed your cat the Indian food first just to see how it works, right? So apparently he tried it and he messaged me and he said, well, my cat died, you know? And I'm like, well, uh, at least you won't be eating any more cat food. Okay. Or Indian food. All I'm saying is your belly is going to feel great. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've solved all our problems here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the I, I mean, flights are interesting to me. Uh, things that happen on flights. I was with one of my friends. Um, it was his birthday. We were a little bit drunk on a flight. And we were playing some music. And the guy on the aisle seat is, like, really angry. And I'm like... 
why do you think he's so angry? Maybe because it was 9-11, right? So I was like, maybe he thinks what we're really celebrating is 9-11. You know, two brown guys fly to New York and we're celebrating. Like, that's not a... So I'm like, sir, I just want to clarify. It's his birthday. We're not celebrating 9-11. And he's like, today is 9-11? And I'm like, oh, I thought you were angry about us celebrating 9-11. He goes, no, no, no. I was just, you know, you're making too much noise. I want to sleep. And uh, And after that, you know, he slept, and then he wakes up, and he says, you know, I didn't know you guys could be so nice, and I'm like, I am nice, I can't say the same about the other brown people, you know, like, it is 9-11, you know, okay. <laughs> Great job, Tushar, wonderful writing, buddy. That's three hours of my life I'm never getting back, you guys, okay, thank you. Yeah, man. Was the guy who came up to you at that party, was he white? The guy who asked you if you, if you were Indian? That's how we like to start conversations. It's just asking people obvious questions about their race. He probably thought he was being politically correct when he did that. He was like, I just need to make sure that this guy's Indian before I go into my shit-talking Indian stuff. You know? Because if you weren't, then it would have been really racist. Uh, all right. <laughs> Is that true? Is that true? Okay, this next guy, uh, honestly, just authentic. He did uh, Sober September, right? Are you continuing it into October? Continuing it into October. I'm honestly just authentically happy for this guy. He's been killing it recently. Will you guys please make it loud for Ernest Evangelista? Yeah, good up for Jack, guys. So, yeah. Uh, I recently have been officially one month sober. Yeah, and uh, don't clap because uh, now I can't get erections anymore. Mainly because, um, you know how, like, in order to have sex with, like, an ugly chick, you have to be a little bit liquored up? You're like, a little bit. I'm the ugly chick in this situation. <laughs> My dick looks very gross. <laughs> My dick looks very gross sober. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, being so, I had to be sober. I had to uh, stop doing all these white people drugs. Uh, mainly because of my son. You guys know I have a son, guy? You know that? I had to stop doing uh, drugs. I had to stop doing cocaine. Mainly because my son stopped selling me cocaine. <laughs> he was like, I can't move this shit across the border, daddy. I got stopped. Um, do you guys, are you guys aware of all the children on the, in cages on the border? How do you guys feel about it? I mean, it's like, is it really bad? Is it really bad? Like, I'm guessing you guys don't really watch movies. Because if you watch the movie Logan, uh, Wolverine ends up saving these kids across the Mexican border and helping them into Canada. Okay, I'm just doing movie reviews. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Okay, I'll still talk about cocaine. Yeah, cocaine was really bad, man. I did a lot of cocaine. I got arrested. You guys ever got arrested before? 
Yeah, apparently you're not supposed to do cocaine in front of a bar, in front of a security guard, and be like, hey, bro, he's like, hey, stop doing that cocaine. And I was like, hey, man, prove to me you're not a cop by doing this cocaine. Turns out he was a cop, and he arrested me for it. Uh, and then I went to, uh, to trial. You ever went to court before? And then you did cocaine the other night? So you had to like stay awake a little bit. So you took a little acid to wake up. You're really awake. The judge was like looking at you. And apparently, yeah, acid doesn't make your probation go shorter. It makes it actually longer. Uh, but yeah, uh, what does someone talk about? Um, yeah, honestly, you guys should like not get sober. Being sober is not a good thing. <laughs> all the All the things you think about. Like you getting touched in the butthole uh, comes back and you're like, man, I wish I could put cocaine up my butthole. You ever put co- you ever did a bump out of your butthole? <laughs> it's pretty fun and also um, pretty unhygienic. Uh, but I'm pretty good at yoga now. Because I did it on my butt. You guys, like, it's pretty easy to suck your own dick. You know that? It's pretty easy to suck your own dick. But can you do cocaine out of your own butthole? That's my new challenge for you guys. Okay. All right, you guys have a good night. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, cocaine in the butt. These are the important issues. Uh, All right, guys, the next comment coming up to the stage, one of my very, very good friends. He's hilarious. You're going to love it. Please give it up for Mirad Shockey. Hi, guys. Just did a butt bump. I'm feeling good. I feel like speaking my truth. Uh, guys, uh, I got invited to a, uh, death metal festival recently, uh, called Death Fest, and, uh, right off the bat, I was invited by a man named Blaine, so I wasn't into it, uh, but I thought I'd check out the lineup, you know, I like metal, give it a shot, and you see all these typically named metal bands, like Cannibal Corpse, Dying Fetus, Violation Wound, and then you go down the lineup a little bit, and you just see a band called pessimist it's like uh not really pulling your weight there pessimist you got violation wound and then oh i think it's gonna rain today this glass is half empty uh i think if i make a metal band i'm gonna call it piss fright uh something i struggle with all the time (laughs) if i'm taking a piss and there's a bunch of people behind me i feel like and i feel like all men feel like this that you have about 40 seconds to start peeing, or you have to turn around and fight them to the death. <laughs> um, I, I'm a ambiguous looking guy. I've never actually met a person that looks like me. Uh, like, I don't even really look like other Egyptians, because it's like I got a little dash of Moroccan. Uh, somebody on my dad's side fucked a Spaniard at some point. Um, but when you look like me, people are very comfortable telling you who or what you look like. Like, I've gotten Napoleon Dynamite, Jonah Hill, Bruno Mars, which is a weird Avengers reboot, if I've ever heard one. 
I just think people s- like see me and they just panic. They're like, I have to categorize this man. It's like, you look different. You, uh, why you don't look the same? You look like Eric Andre. Uh, I know what you're wondering, is Murad doing a dumb guy voice or a mentally disabled voice? And the answer is yes. Okay, bad joke. Guys, I'm in a long distance relationship. It does suck. Um, and it's uh, one of the tough parts is, is like she's in another time zone. So she's like two hours ahead. So some of the only times we can talk are when I'm in the car driving somewhere. And uh, <laughs> it'll be like deep relationship talk interspersed with horrible road rage. <laughs> so it'll be like, babe, I know sometimes it, we can feel really distant and this is really tough. And if you ever feel like you need to call me, just get off my ass. <laughs> um, good premise. I'll work on it. Um, I'm trying to, you know what? How about this? Uh, you know, football's back in season. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Uh, I don't really like football, but I'll day drink on a Sunday. Uh, wow, already time flies when you're doing poorly. Uh, and uh, somebody got called for a penalty called unsportsmanlike conduct. But have you met sportsmen? That's how they conduct. That's just kind of their brand, you know? Dealing out head trauma for a living. It's weird that we're still worried about manners. Uh, I have like 40 seconds, so I'm going to tell you about the time I witnessed an attempted murder really quick. Uh, No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Do it? Okay, I witnessed an attempted murder recently. Yeah, hell yeah. And boy, it was a good attempt. They really got it in there. I saw an older, crack-inclined individual being beaten down by a man with a crowbar called 911, saved his life. Uh, But I got subpoenaed, which is code for, hey, you know how you did a selfless thing? Come testify in court or we will arrest you. Uh, So I go to court. I go on the witness stand to give my testimony. They have me spell out my name letter by letter just to make it easier for his buddies to find me. Because you know who hates snitches more than criminals? Their families. (laughs) It was pretty awkward. Uh, And then they read the charges out against the assailant, which include uh, assault with a deadly weapon, distribution of narcotics, and battery against an elder, which is classic ageism, right? Like, I know when I go out assaulting, I'm woke. I beat up old people, young people, mostly old people, just old people. I go out into the street and beat up old people. (laughs) All right, not an elder abuse crowd. I'll see you guys later. from Murad, man. He's got a girlfriend. They're in a long-distance relationship. He met her at camp. Don't worry about it. You wouldn't know her. (laughs) Uh, All right. The next comic coming up, according to Tushar, looks like me. I don't see it, but you know what? Maybe it's true. Uh, I want you guys to give it up really loud for my brother, Shane Kenny. Thanks, brother. Um, By the way, my death metal band is playing Death Fest this year. We are Shattered Rectum, so please come out to see us. Um, I was thinking about how humans are weird. Like, all you have to do to torture a human is just leave us alone. Like, 
There's so many other animal species where if you leave them alone, they are fine. They thrive. Tigers, birds, wolves, cats, fish, all fine. You leave a human alone for too long and their brain turns to jello and they forget how to speak. Like, <laughs> uh, what else? So I realized I'm, I'm in like my last year of college and it's cool, but I realized like the rate I drink is acceptable for a college kid. But after college, I'm just an alcoholic. Like college is the only like line of work where drinking and doing work is an acceptable combination. Like a truck driver can't run into a bar and grab a study buddy real quick before hitting the road. This is going awesome. Um, so I hate messaging people. Like I was texting someone for two hours the other night and I realized I could have gotten the same amount of information in a five minute phone call. Like, some of my friends are direct as hell. It's like, what are you doing? Nothing? All right, want to go to the beach? Cool, my place in two hours. The, or I could have texted them for two hours. Same amount of information. Like, I hate how Snapchat and Instagram tell people when you've read their message. Because, like, I don't need some girl to know that I spent five minutes reading her message, ten minutes writing it, and then five minutes grammar checking it. You know? Do you know how many times I've almost typed, hi, how you? Just because I was, like, a little drunk or high and, you know, phonetics wasn't my specialty at the moment. This is going as smooth as my sandpaper slip and slide. So, nature's beautiful, but it's also deadly like three instagram influencers died last year because they tried taking a selfie at the top of a waterfall in the middle of the water yes this is a gruesome lesson in gravity and why they're called waterfalls and not water rises like i think like actually there's been over a hundred selfie deaths every year Yet four people die from vaping and white moms are freaking the fuck out. Like, I think, like, another woman fell into a jaguar enclosure at a zoo trying to get a photo. But I think, like, all these, it's just a case of someone standing a little too close to the railing or edge. It's like, you know what? No, I want it closer. This railing weren't in the way. Ah! Oh, there it goes. It's right behind me. Oh, this is going to look great and get so many likes. All right, nice kitty. No, put away the claws. No, bad kitty, bad. Um... Don't worry, the story's a happy ending. The Jaguar is okay. The woman was mauled, however. Uh, what else? So, I realize there's a crisis in this country. Uh, a lot of people who need organs, they want to live, but there's also an opposing crisis of people who don't want to live. So I thought about, why wait for some depressed dude to overdose on pills or hang himself, when if you're feeling down, hell, go into the hospital, we'll chuck you for, full of morphine and start gutting you for parts. Like, people who want to live, get to live. People who want to die, can die. And nurses will become like Oprah. Like, you get an organ, you get an organ, everybody gets an organ. And together we are solving the world's problems. Thanks. Woo! 
All right, man. Yeah, vaping deaths, selfie deaths. People are worried about those. My opinion, I don't know why we're trying to save people. Uh, I think we should just let them die. All right, your next person coming up. I wish that Tushar had said that I look like him because that would have been a compliment. Uh, please, would you give it up for the most handsome man in the room, Dan Aguinaga. Thank you, Jack. Uh, I have no comeback. I, I don't know. You're, you're funny. Good for you. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, don't you uh, find it weird that none of us have seen an alien, and yet we just assume they're uglier than us? Yeah, are we just like the self-proclaimed hotties of the galaxy? Is that what we are? Every sci-fi movie, it's the same fucking thing. No, it is. It's the same unfuckable creature. Except E.T. E.T. was a cutie. He was. Like, if you had to have sex with an alien, It'd probably be E.T., right? He's cute, he's cuddly. And that finger, I mean, come on. <laughs> that finger could do some damage, all right? I could see him being annoying the next morning, though, you know? You wake up, and he's like, E.T., phone home. You're like, E.T., phone Uber. Please leave. <laughs> yeah, that clingy fuck. Uh, I want to tell you guys a story about the day I... Uh, got engaged, okay? So it was, a, it was a spring day, and my wife's father uh, had just been told he had six months to live. So, you know, super romantic. And um, let me give you some context. So uh, his heart was failing, and uh, he was, uh, true story, his heart was failing, and uh, he was not a prime candidate to get a heart transplant. So my wife and I discussed this, and we thought, you know what, let's just get engaged. Uh, we were already thinking about it already. It was, we were six years in, it was time. And so we planned the wedding in four months and to, to guarantee that he could walk his daughter down the aisle. And I'm happy to say that he did. My wife's father lived long enough to see his daughter get married and divorced. Um, yeah, two months after the wedding, uh, he got on the transplant list and lived and made a full recovery, which is awesome because now I could tell this joke. Um, yeah, no, uh, we, what was it? We uh, broke up, we, we got a divorce five months after the wedding, so three months after the, the heart transplant. And uh, as far as failed marriages goes, I gotta say, it was pretty much the ideal, right? Like, like I haven't had any other failed marriages yet to compare it to, but it, it felt good doing it because five months in, you know, no kids, no division of major assets, you know, no heartbreak, on, except for her part. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm to get rid of that tag. Uh, uh, no, but it was like the season ended before it even started. You know, it was like the New York Knicks of marriages. <laughs> you know? For anyone who doesn't follow the NBA here, the New York Knickerbockers are a professional uh, basketball team who um, suck. They suck really hard. Like, if losing was difficult, they would make it look easy. Uh, like, this is how bad they are. Uh, they make black basketball players look white, you know? <laughs> like, the jersey has, like, a superpower or something. Like, you know when Tony Stark puts on, puts on the Iron Man suit, he becomes a superhero? When a black basketball player puts on the Knicks jersey, he just, for some reason, will only shoot threes for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty niche one. Pretty niche one. Uh, I am a diehard Knicks fan, though, as some of you know. And um, 
everyone always feels bad for me when I tell them that. They're like, oh man, that sucks. Like, that must be really tough. It's really not because if you're going to cheer for a losing team, you might as well get it out of the way. You know what I mean? Like, like the Knicks are that guy that you see. Well, there's no women in the audience, so this goes to shit. But, uh, oh, Pam. Hey, Pam. How's it going? Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, no, like the Knicks, Pam, are like that guy that you've always been into, but like has never been emotionally available, you know? But you, you think it's hot because he's honest with you about that, so you let him fuck you, and fuck you, and fuck you, and fuck you forever and ever, until one day you're just like, okay, I found someone serious, and no one's hurt from it, you know? No muss, no fuss. So that's what it's like being a Knicks fan. And then there's the other type of losing team, like uh, the Golden State Warriors, Right? Like, that's like, that's harder to cheer for, in my opinion. Because being a Warriors fan, the Warriors is like the guy who, like, on the third date tells you, like, all the things you've heard in a rom com. Like, he, he's in love with you and he doesn't know why it's crazy, you know? But, like, he just he tells you and everything feels like it's going to be great. And then 20 years down the line, he just takes a deep shit inside of your heart and just leaves you with three kids in a Kevin Durant jersey. And like, so I guess what I'm just trying to say is like, it's better to cheer for a loser than for a loser that thinks they're a winner. Okay, that's it for me. Thank you. Oh man, give it up for a guy shitting on us, winning three championships, then losing KD. And guess what? Your team couldn't even get KD. So you wanted him, but he didn't want you. I guess he was emotionally unavailable. Uh, all right. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is you were like, oh, like the Knicks are so shitty. But I feel like that was kind of unfair to the Knicks because there's so many other horrible New York teams that you could have put in there that also would have made sense, right? Um, <laughs> okay. 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 This guy, the next comic coming up kind of seems like he's from New York. I don't know. Uh, give it up for Ryan Schooley. <laughs> I do kind of seem like I'm from New York. I'm from uh, I'm from <laughs> I'm from upstate New York. Though. It's not it's not real New York. It's not like dance New York. Yeah, yeah. From Saratoga Springs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. File that under shit that we could have talked about after my set. Uh <laughs> By the way, I've <laughs> I have never seen Jack get so angry as when somebody shit on the Warriors on stage. Like you were fucking furious. Like I was. That was beautiful. I didn't think you could get offended, and then <laughs> that shit happened, and uh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> hell yeah. I'm um, from upstate New York. People, uh, it's unrelated to this next joke. <laughs> people, people uh, I don't know, man. People tell me that I'm a young-looking dude. You know, People have told me that. <laughs> I wasn't lying. It was a bad transition. It came out of my mouth, and I'm like, mistake. Uh, <laughs> No, it's true though. People people say I look young for my age. They they've told me that shit my whole life. But what's interesting, whenever I go to buy alcohol, I never get ID'd, and I could never figure this shit out until one day, uh, I was I was getting some you know getting a beer at the bar, and I asked the bartender. I'm like, bro, I gotta ask, why didn't you ID me? Is it is it the beard? Is it like my strong masculine facial facial features? Do they like age me or some shit? And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, nah, dude. You just look too sad. That's <laughs> it's like, 
I don't know if you're 21, but you definitely are old enough to know life's fucked. So, you know, <laughs> drink up. Uh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good, though. Uh, I've lost a bunch of weight over the last uh, last few years. Yeah, thank you. It's I've, lo I've lost a ton of weight. Um, and you could tell when you lose weight based on how people compliment you. Like, like I know, I didn't really realize how much weight I lost because I wasn't really, like, weighing myself that much. I didn't know how much weight I lost until this week when I got the crown jewel of weight loss compliments, the highest weight loss compliment you can achieve. Somebody came up to me at work, they pulled me aside, they're like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, that's how you know you're fucking beach body ready because your friends are fucking concerned, you know? They're very worried about your mental well-being. Um, hell yeah, I'm, I'm 30 now, I'm 31. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be 30. I did not like my 20s very much at all. Because your 20s, your 20s are a humbling decade, you know? Your 20s are when you realize, like, you're not as good as you think you are, you know, basically, right? Like, I remember when I was uh, graduating high school, I was 18 years old, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come back for my 10-year re uh, reunion. I'm going to show these people you were, you were wrong about me. I'm not the loser that you treated me as. I'm better than that. You're going to see. And then I showed up at my 10-year reunion at age 28. I'm like, you guys were right. I, you fucking nailed it. Good eye, Sam. You really knew I wasn't going to punch back. That was, <laughs> you had me pegged. Um, speaking of pegging, I'm, uh, I'm getting ready, <laughs> getting ready to uh, propose to my girlfriend. So, <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm trying, I'm trying to buy a diamond, uh, diamond ring. And when you're trying to buy a diamond ring for your girlfriend, um, I, I don't know if you know this, but the way it works, the way you're supposed to buy a diamond is you're supposed to buy the cheapest one you can be without her noticing, you know? Like, that's basically, and I, I think I found the secret. These, there's these things, they're called lab-grown diamonds. They make them in a laboratory. They are scientifically diamonds. Jewelers can't tell the fucking difference, but they're much cheaper because women fucking hate them. Because they're, they're not special. They, they haven't grown like in, in the ground of their millions of years of pressure. They're not unique. They're not special. Which is like, I get it, but like, there's not really a male equivalent to that, you know? Like, I would never be upset if my girlfriend came home with fake breasts. Like, that would not be the same thing, you know? Like, you, you come home with a lab-grown diamond, your girlfriend's like, this isn't special. My girlfriend comes home with fake breasts, I'm like, these are pretty great, too. <laughs> All right, you guys have been great. Keep it going for Jack. Oh, yeah. Give it up for Ryan Schooley, man. So you're telling me, Ryan, people come up to you and say, hey, you look like a young-looking dude. <laughs> Is that, people on the street are like, you look like a young-looking dude. Is that... No? Okay. All right. That was, you know what, that was really funny to me. That's just a weird, it's a weird comp. It's, I'm not saying you don't look young. I'm just saying if somebody, if, if somebody, <laughs> do you want to look at, why is that mean? It's like, do you, like, first of all, here's the thing. If you look young, you don't go up to a young person and be like, hey, you look like a young looking dude. You just don't say that. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm gonna abort this while I can. Uh, 
talking about young people. Uh, all right, the next comedian coming up to the stage is fresh off of a big victory at the Cobb's Comedy Competition, so he's a little bit of a big shot. Uh, I want you guys to make it really loud, or don't make it loud if you're jealous, for <laughs> Kyle Morrissey. Better than you, yeah. No, I'm the young, I'm the young-looking version of Ryan Schooley. <laughs> Dude, that any credit you have in your comedy career does not matter here. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be more woke. Uh, I refuse to let women make me sandwiches. I went to a deli the other day, and this girl was like, "What can I make you?" And I was like, "Nothing." <laughs> like, I was like, "Get me someone else." Preferably with a dick. Um, <laughs> no, I am. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be more woke because, like, I'm. I'm kind of privileged. Um, I'm. I'm not. <laughs> you're like, yep. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. Um, I. Uh, I like. I grew up. I grew up a little privileged. Not like fancy cars and mansions, but like I've had HBO for most of my life. <laughs> like, like, it's been good. Um, I got my dad into The Wire recently because. I love that show, and I'm really, I'm really happy that he's into it. He'll, he'll call me up to tell me how much he's digging it, which is how I learned he doesn't know the word projects. <laughs> he called me up the other day, and he's like, "I really love those kids in that show dealing drugs out of those apartments." <laughs> I was like, "That's my floor. Like, that's that's how bad it's gonna get for me. Like, no matter how bad it gets, it won't get any worse than apartments." <laughs> like. I'm just gonna be dealing crack out of a two-bedroom condo. Well, let's be honest, cocaine. But um, come on, come on. Um, I'm trying to. I'm, uh, come on, come on. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do my part for the environment. Um, <laughs> I uh, uh, people think it's weird when you pee in the shower. People think it's weird when you brush your teeth in the shower. I do both of those things and wash myself at the same time. I like. I like multitasking. You know, I save like two-thirds of the time. I would be in there. I like multitasking. Then I take a shower nap, and I'm in there for another 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> I I wish we could still take those. I really I really do. Um, I, I, anyone here dating? That's a loaded question. Like, just, I'm I'm treating you like you're an actual audience. Um, I uh, <laughs> yeah right. Dude, Vegas is gonna be the end for me. <laughs> like, I got went too fast, too quickly, and you're never gonna hear from me again. Um, okay, I uh, I'm trying to uh, uh, like uh, dating. I know people think dating is kind of hard. Um, I'm trying to. Uh, I was thinking about it though. Like, it, it stayed the same from forever. Like in some ways. Like even back when we were cavemen. Like if you were a caveman, you would like find a girl that you like. You know, club her, knock her out. And that was dating, right? Now and it's, it's called clubbing. And then nowadays, <laughs> if you're a guy and you go to a bar and the music's pounding with your friends, you like you drop something in a drink, try to knock her out. That's called clubbing. Um, so, um, but uh, but I I I I get it. Like it's kind of hard. Like if you're if you're a, if you're like a hot girl and you and you like a guy and you like a guy and you don't. Sometimes you don't want him to know, but sometimes you accidentally let him know. Like I was walking down the street today, and right, uh, right as I was walking by this good-looking girl, I sneezed, and under her breath, I just hear her go, "Bless you." I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's 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 right. Um, 
That's right. What well, fuck? What was the rest of that joke? <laughs> like, yeah, you like it. No, I've just been going up and sneezing in girls' faces the rest of the day. Uh, and it, I'll, I'll remember the rest of that joke later. Um, no, but I was on my way to the library when I was doing that, and I was thinking about, you know, like, there are all these rules people think we need to follow in society. Um, like when you're when you want to print something at the library, do you really think you need a library card for that shit? Uh uh-uh, uh, like uh uh-uh. uh, you like the guy, and they'll tell you they'll be like, uh, you need you need a card, and you put money on that card, and it's ten cents per page. That's when you just slip them a dollar bill, and you're like, how about ten times that for for something that's not funny at all? All right, cool. Uh, thank you for watching the arc of my career. All right. Give it up for Kyle Morrissey. Yeah, all right, a lot of people coming and going right now. Yeah, feel free to donate, guys, if you do donate. You can uh, go ahead and put a P, you, you want people to put a P next to their name, or is that a thing we're doing? Okay, put a P next to your name for poop. That's what it's for, uh, P for poop. Uh, yeah, please do donate, that wasn't a joke. Uh, all right, the next comic coming up to the stage is a real cool guy, really suave, cool, co- like operating character. Uh, I want you to give it up for Jacob McHenry. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. All right. Um, I've been I've been riding the Bart a lot lately. Um, I, I commute to work and uh. The other day, I, I saw uh, I saw uh, a lady. She got she got robbed. The lady sitting right next to me. She got robbed, and uh, I, f- I felt pretty guilty about it. Uh, not because I did it. Uh, f- fuck you guys if that's what you were thinking. Uh, but because I saw that it was going to happen, and I didn't do anything. I just sat there and watched it. And uh, it, uh, let me tell you, it really made me feel pretty useless. Um, Mainly because I, I feel like I missed the opportunity to film the whole thing, and uh, it's really just been eating up at me lately, you know. So I feel like I just I was being a bad millennial, you know. So uh, um, me, I'm married. Uh, me and my wife, uh, we're trying to be uh, more uh, socially conscious. She's trying to be uh, more woke, I guess is the word. Uh, and uh, she, we uh, like. She wants to stop using any products uh, that have been tested on animals, uh, which, like, it, it sucks because it's more expensive. Uh, but I don't want to get too preachy with you guys. But I, I personally, I sleep so much better at night knowing that my shampoo was only used on poor people. <laughs> so it's the price you got to pay sometimes. Um I uh I'm trying to be a little bit more optimistic in my life. Um the other day I I saw some uh, like I saw this dude he was he was riding around in one of those like motorized wheelchairs with the little joysticks and he was uh he was he seemed like he was in a hurry. And uh then I just saw him stop and then uh, walk away from that wheelchair. And uh, I just, I'm just trying to believe that I witnessed a beautiful street miracle, you know? Yeah, because it's just, I don't know. Like, I think I'm trying to convince myself of that because I just, I wanted to walk away without feeling bad, you know? Like, I didn't want to have to, like, report or anything like that. All right, that was it. All right, thanks for the feedback. I, I won't do that joke again. 
I I work as a, a paramedic, uh, which uh, a lot of people it's, uh, will think it's an interesting job, but uh, I don't think they really like. That's not the joke I want to do about being a paramedic. I want to do a different one. Uh, I work as a paramedic, and I've been doing it for almost about 10 years now. And uh, at this point, it's like all I know how to do. You know, it's like uh, like regular jobs just seem weird to me. Like I, I have a friend. He's a secretary. He just files paperwork and answers phone calls. And at no point of his day does a crazy naked dude try to bite him in the face, you know? And uh that's that's strange to me you know because i was like that was that was yesterday for me you know and uh it's sad when you have much more in common with a seasoned hooker than you do with like the general population you know uh i uh like i said i'm married me and my wife we were out the other day we saw this old elderly couple and they were wearing matching outfits uh, same exact white fedora hat and my wife saw that and she thought that was uh like just the cutest thing she's like i hope that's us when we're that age and i can't think of anything more unappealing than that you know because matching outfits is never a mutual idea you know there's always somebody who's not into that shit and I could like and I could tell in this situation it was definitely the guy. He just he looked broken. Like he had the eyes of an old circus animal, you know? <laughs> and like, yeah, it seems cute when you see monkeys juggling in front of you until you realize how they got that monkey to juggle. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. All right, yeah, give it up for Jacob, man. Uh, I was thinking that uh, the animal testing shampoo joke might work a little bit better if you uh, grew some hair. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody really believes that you're using shampoo, Jacob. (laughs) And if you are, you're wasting your money. Uh, All right. The next guy coming up to the stage, I hope he knows that he's coming up to the stage next. He does. He knows everything. He's smart. Uh, Give it up for Cody Abe. Hey, thanks, Jack. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really that smart. Um, like I, I do this. Like I, I don't really keep up with the news that much. You know, I don't keep up with the news like the day to day. Like I just don't keep up with dates. Like one time I forgot it was my birthday, and I woke up to a birthday happy birthday text from my friend, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, did I miss your birthday? Uh, I apologize. Uh, I thought he was being really passive aggressive to me. You know. <laughs> Like, oh, fuck, now I have to spend a lot of money on a dinner I wasn't going to do anyway. Um, no, but I also, uh, I, like, I, I forgot that it was 9-11 once. Like, I woke up, I uh, got dressed, I took a shower. That was probably my first indication that it was going to be a bad day. I got dressed before the shower. Um, oh, God. I wanted to see if that would actually feel good coming out of my mouth. It doesn't. <laughs> But anyway, so I like got dressed, I went to work, and then uh, somebody asked me, like I walked into the break room and somebody asked me, where were you in 9-11? And uh, when you someone asks you that question, you don't know that it's 9-11, uh, like it's, it's confusing. Like I was just like, are you trying to implicate me? Like what do you know about what I did on 9-11? Like is this, uh, am I going, are the cops, are you wired? Um, can, <laughs> Like I just, 
I didn't know it was 9-11, dude. Like, I was scared. Like, I got legitimately frightened. But then I found out that it was 9-11. I was just like, oh, I'm just dumb. Okay. Not as smart as Jack Ferguson thinks I am. I just probably more unaware, like, than dumb. I, pre- I think I'm pretty smart. I don't know. Uh, like, I think I'm pretty smart because, uh, like, so I'm a cashier at, <laughs> at Whole Foods. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm a cashier at Safeway. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to cover my butt. Like, you don't know where I'm a cashier. I'm a cashier at a grocery store. <laughs> Whew. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, was, I asked this guy, like, do you want your receipt? And he was like, nah, I trust you. You're Chinese. And I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck yeah. He thought I was Chinese. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, I've been, that was a good callback joke to another joke that I have. But... <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I felt really like and then but then like that same guy like he got his food he went to eat and I went on my break and then as I was coming back on my break I just did like a kick like that because I was so fucking frustrated with the day and he was like you you knew karate too and I was like okay uh I probably deserve that one like I probably was asking for it right um anyway what I want to talk about thank you um Oh shit! So, uh, yeah, you guys, you guys know like the the like they had to cancel male birth control or whatever because it was being too, fucking, like there's too many side effects or whatever. Like, I, I, yeah, boo, yeah. They they did really bad PR on that. Like, they, what they should have said was, "Fuck as many crazy bitches as you want. Uh, she can't make you get. She can't make herself get pregnant with you." Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it up for Cody Abe, everybody. True story, I found out that Cody worked at Whole Foods uh, before a lot of people because I used to park my car in the Whole Foods parking lot because they don't tow. Uh, All right, not a joke, but uh, (laughs) the next guy coming up to the stage, uh, he's a reporter, and that's great because his voice sounds like the voices that like used to be on old newsreels. You know, you you you'll find out. It's a uh, give it up for Cole Chapman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How's everybody doing? I hope you're doing all right. Oh, it's a lovely day over here reporting. <laughs> over here on the front. Uh, <laughs> okay, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm seeing that Joker movie tonight. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, anybody else fucking scared that they're going to get killed there? Anybody else? No? <laughs> anybody? No, serious question. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like genuinely curious if like that's an actual fear. I don't think we got to worry about it because like Cody's right here. All right. So like, let's <laughs> keep an eye on him. He'll be all right. Just kidding. Where are you a cashier at? I liked how you negged yourself all the way down to making me think you work at a grocery outlet. <laughs> Am I right? No? I respect a grocery outlet, but I don't feel like you respect a grocery outlet, and it bothers me. What's going on, Cody? We'll move on. All right. Jacob, he left. I wanted to talk to him about his joke, too, about the naked people biting you in the face. But he's gone now, so I was like, I don't know what we talk about. I work in downtown San Francisco. It's not that weird, right? 
Am I right? Am I right? Okay. Killed the energy when I made fun of Cody. Let's keep... <laughs> You're all right, man. I'm, we're having fun. You're okay. We're killing it. We're, oh, you might be later. Anyways, uh, just kidding. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> Teehee, I came up here with nothing, and this is what's happening. I don't know. Ryan also left. I want to talk about his hit. He talked about the high school reunion, 10-year. I got that coming up next month. Terrifying. Who here has already been to theirs? No one? Pam, you didn't go to yours? Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I'm in that zone too, but I'm also in the zone where I want to like show up and just like, you know, be cool. But all the set, all the things I've been doing in the interim, like I can't do there or be weird. Just worse. Right. If I showed up and just started doing stand up, everyone's like, ah, who the fuck is that? Show up, start playing guitar. Ha ah, ah. <laughs> This guy fucking sucks. This guy sucked back then. He sucks now. I don't know. It's just weird. Cause like, I feel like the predominant, I wasn't very social. Uh, in high school, but like, I still went to the dances, right? You got to go to the dances. And uh, I don't know if you guys were around the same time, but back in my high school days, the only dance that we participated in uh, was freak dancing. And that's not, or grinding, whatever you want to call it. That's not really dancing, <laughs> though. That's kind of just sexual assault to a beat, right? <laughs> that's the kind of weird first impression to leave on like the majority of your <laughs> high school classmates, right? Or maybe half, around half. And then show up 10 years later. Hey, remember me? I'm like, yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of do. It was fucking weird. Because, like, right, like, back in the day, like, every song, it, like, you'd have uh, Lil John, the East Side Boys. That was a, cl a classic one, Get Low. Remember that part where he'd command you to come <laughs> repeatedly? <laughs> and I'm sitting there, like, fucking 14 years old, like, uh, <laughs> like, don't get a boner, don't get a boner. I'm like, I'm just kind of listening to the song, man. I don't <laughs> Just trying to follow along here. This is our electric slide, right? <laughs> to the left, to the left. Skeet, skeet, skeet. I'm like, listen, man, what's <laughs> half the time we're we're hopping two steps right now, right? And then the other half, I got which songs are we listening to? <laughs> which ones you gotta take literally? Right, Jack? Great bit. All right. <laughs> Teehee. I don't know. I'm not a reporter. Uh that's a cool job. Uh I'm a I'm a social media manager. That's not a exactly. It's not a cool job. <laughs> It's very dumb. I don't know. I kind of, I just go and manufacture bummers in your Facebook timeline. Like, that's basically what I do, right? Like, you know, you'd be scroll, you just go scrolling through Facebook. You're having a good time. You're like, ooh, Katie got a cat. Yay. Ooh, Jillian's moved to New York. All right, go Jillian. And then it's like 23 people dead in a fire. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? Well, that's me. That's my, that's my job. Yay. I get paid to do that. It's crazy. Why? Who, uh, why? Why? I don't know. I was, <laughs> I was down at a, like, technically I'm in the biz, right? In the journalism biz, right? So I was down at a conference trying to tell, like, college kids, like, how to make it, right? And they were like, what do you do? I was like, a social media manager. And this kid looks up at me. He was like, uh, I got a question for you. I was like, what is it? He was like, that job shouldn't exist. <laughs> I was like, it's not really a question, but. <laughs> you want to know what I told that snot-nosed piece of shit, man? You want to know what I told that kid? Nothing. I agreed with him. I was like, you're right, dude. This is a stupid-ass job. I don't know if I've been doing this for this long. Anyways, guys, that's my time. Good up for Jack. All right, man. Cole Chapman learning the lesson of never making fun of Cody during a set, dude. You learned that one the hard way. Should never do it. All right. Yep. All right. Uh, the next person coming up to the stage, great comedian, but also just a wonderful ball of warmth and light. Uh, I want... 
<laughs> I want you to make it real loud for Casey Koenig, baby. Yeah. Happy Friday, everybody. I am now going to tell you how miserable my life is. Let's do this. Sean, I've been beating myself up about not going to your show. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I totally forgot. It's been like, it's been like, I just made eye contact with you and I was like, shit, I haven't talked to him yet. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about it. Like, honestly, like a lot. But I've also had a rough week, um, <laughs> which is going to be my segue to talking about my life. Also, don't make fun of Cody. <laughs> Cole, wherever you went. Oh, oh, you're right here. Oh, I didn't see you. You're in the darkness. I don't know. He's not going to shoot up a movie theater. He's probably going to go here and shoot it up. Like, it's not. <laughs> He's not like that. He's playing Sudoku. That's what you get for being a warm friend. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, my life is shit. I was, uh, sometimes like I, I sit in my room and I try to think of material to come up and share with you guys. And then I'm just like, you got a lot of fucking nerve, man. Like just talking to myself, like, like honestly, like if there was a book about my life, like an autobiography, it'd just be called like how not to live. Like, like I swear to God, like, no, no, don't feel bad. Don't, I, I own it. And I don't even feel like it's my fault. It's just like something that like I've just been thrown into like a hurricane or <laughs> a maverick. And like, I don't know, I guess like, okay, so recently, all right, so I got married last year and thank you. Thank you. And uh, my life is awesome, except for the fact that I never have sex anymore, ever. I know. And I brought it up with my wife. I was just like, hey, how come it's like, you know, like we this just doesn't, <laughs> you're already breaking up. How come, is this, is, was that wrong? Did I already make a mistake by bringing it up? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I can learn, I can learn. Uh, <laughs> would you like to be my second one? <laughs> I mean, if you're interested, like, <laughs> things are looking pretty, uh, anyway, so I was just like, I was just think, like, I was just like, how come we don't have sex anymore? Like, and she was just like, well, honestly, like, sex just isn't that important to me. And I was like, wow, that's really convenient of you to tell me after I made a promise to only have sex with you, <laughs> like, literally right after. Like, you realize that... I can't go anywhere else, right? Like, that's kind of the pro I don't know. Anyway, like, uh, <laughs> you just feel bad for me. Oh, but you have a smile on your face, so it's, it's okay. Like, my suffering is supposed to be good. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What did I want to talk about with that? Like, honestly, like, I guess I just wanted to get that off my chest. Maybe that's just, like, I don't have to talk about that in therapy. Uh, I also have um, a cat. His name is Scotch. Um, yeah. I'll just be honest, like, he's kind of a dick. I've, I've tried coming up here and, like, trying to make it, like, a cute Mr. Rogers kind of situation, being like, he's great, but, but like, really, he's just a fucking dick all the time. Like, I have to sacrifice so many things for him. Like, I can't have house plants anymore because he's so f fucking stupid that he eats the plants, which don't even taste good, and then he vomits directly onto the carpet, and I've tried really, really hard for years to be a nice cat dad. Just like, it's okay, Mr. Kid, right? Just, like, cleaning it up and, like, spraying it, and, like, he's not even great. Like, I, I used to get him, like, Himalayan barbecue, like, chicken, you know, that, like, gourmet cat food that costs, like, eight bucks at, like, Petco, and I, I used to do that because he would just have nasty shits otherwise if he didn't, and, like, and recently I switched over to Friskies and he's just been like a fucking dick. Every single time I feed him, like he just yells at me. 
Like even for a cat, he's a selfish asshole. Like I, I open the can and at, as I'm trying to open this can, I'm having a hard time with it. I'm really having a hard, and he's just like, meow, right? Just like fuck, not even like a nice meow, just like a meow, right? And like, and <laughs> I'm just like, dude, when in the history of me opening cans have I not given you the fucking food, man? Like I'm really close to letting you be an outdoor cat. <laughs> Sorry, all right, that just came off bitter. I'll work on it. Thanks for letting me get off that, yeah, bye. Yeah, man, isn't it great when you uh, introduce someone as a wonderful ball of warmth and light, and then <laughs> they come up and just, <laughs> no, I'm glad you were sharing your problems with us. It's a really healthy way to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Uh, the next person coming to the stage uh, thinks he's smarter than everyone. Give it up for Sean Riley. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's great. He's great. How do I even, what do I even do? <sighs> well, I'll figure it out because I'm really smart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm real mad, guys. I'm real mad. I was thinking about a lot of stuff. The first thing that I'm mad about is uh, I realize that people don't know when I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> like, like when someone tells me some good news, like my friend got a job. He's like, hey, Sean, by the way, I got that job that I was applying for. And I said, I was like, wow, just like right in the middle of the road between real and sarcastic. And he's like, what's, what's your problem, dude? Like, why are you being sarcastic? Like, this is a good thing that just happened to me. And I'm like, no, no, I really care. I really, really, really care. Tell me more about your fucking job. I want to know. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's a prison, guys. It's a prison. It's a, when, when people don't know when you're being sarcastic or not, you want to know how hard it is to have a genuine conversation? It's impossible. Like, I was, I was trying to talk to my mom, and uh, I couldn't. I was just like, so, how was your day, mom? <sighs> yeah, okay. Um, I've been thinking deeply about reincarnation. Uh, anyone believe in it here? Sure. You, <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, man. Define have to. This is America, man. <laughs> is it your mom? Who is it? Oh. No, I mean, who's forcing you to believe in it? <laughs> what do you have? You have a thought? Like a... <laughs> is it me? Okay. Uh, I don't know, guys. I, I think reincarnation is pretty reasonable. You know, you realize that if, if you believe in it and you're a human right now, that means in your past life, you were awesome. You know what I mean? It's like, because you get... The idea is you get reincarnated and if you're good... You get to be a human again, which is hilariously a bad, a bad motivator. That's what it is, guys. I like to think in my past life, I was a bee. Okay, I did some good bee shit. I pollinated some flowers. Uh, when there was a little kid running through the flowers, I stung him. I died for my country. Guys, I died for my country. And then I went to heaven, and God looked at his clipboard and said, you know what, Sean? You're, you're promoted. You're going to be a human. Uh, and here I am. So, um, all right. Uh, what else? What else? Um, I, uh, I've been thinking about self-actualization. Do you know what that is? I'll give you the textbook definition. Self-actualization is the, uh, realization or fulfillment 
of your talent or potentialities, especially as a desire or need. And you know what's really unfortunate about society is um, most people don't even try to realize their potentialities. <laughs> and I mean, look, I, look, don't get me wrong. Like, do I think I have the potential to be a comedian? No, not at all. But I'm going to try and fail, and that's noble. But I mean, I feel like our whole society is just structured to like fucking just like like a little boy it's like i want to be a baseball player fuck you kid i'll fucking choke you <laughs> that's that's what it is though right it's literally that serious guys like i want to i want to draw cartoons for a living you'll be a fucking cpa you'll be a fucking cpa and you're going to like it and then you'll draw cartoons on your deathbed um i've been Sean Riley thank you Damn, man, you, you, how's your relationship with your dad, man? Like, you, <laughs> uh, okay, cool, just checking. Um, yeah, man, I was, I agree with you, man. Like, the whole, like, being a human again thing, it's not a great motivator for Hinduism. Sorry, man, like, like, if you're, like, that means that if you're, like, a huge dick in life, you could get reincarnated as, like, a dolphin. Like, that's, like, that sounds like a reward. Um, all right, okay. The next person coming up to the stage, I don't think we've met before, but if his comedy is as good as his hair, he's going to be hilarious. Uh, please give it up for Nishant Mehta. Yeah. Damn, dude. That was a solid pronunciation. You have some Indian friends? You like Indian food, I presume? <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Alright. My name is Nishant, and if you didn't realize immediately, I'm brown. A lot of people have been getting my nationality mixed up, so just thought I'd let them know. I'm Indian. Purebred. I'm not from here though. I grew up in Dubai, came here a couple years ago, and I've explained this background of mine to several hundred people over the past couple years, right? And this is by far the most common reaction that I see. You're not from here? Oh, wow. I would never have imagined. Your English is so good. <laughs> and the internal monologue in my head goes something like this. Yes, bitch. <laughs> you know those ugly cousins of yours across the pond? Yeah, they ruled over us for 200 years. Waged Hindus against Muslims, split us into India and Pakistan, made us all dress like you, and even left us with the right version of your language. But no. They're so surprised that there are Indians who don't talk like this. Just so absolutely surprised. Fuck, man. Thanks, Appu. I moved from Dubai to Indiana. <laughs> yeah, I'm a daredevil. It was weird, man. I heard some weird shit there. Um, it was a cool place, though. Um, great city. Like the four bars in the city Bloomington. <laughs> Only a 15-minute drive away from the epicenter of the Indiana KKK. Very interesting things happening there. So I was at a party this one time, speaking to this Midwestern hottie, right? And I'm giving her the spiel. Because believe me, if you tell someone that you're from Dubai, 
best fucking pickup line ever. They think two things, right? You're rich and that you're going to fly her there. <laughs> so just as I'm about to tell her that since my private jet is getting fueled tonight, I can fly her tomorrow morning, she interrupts me and says, Dubai? <laughs> How long of a drive was that? <laughs> yeah, that happened. So I'm my mom. And the only thing I could say was, Yaqi, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, how dare you interrupt me? <laughs> In Dubai, women go to jail for less. Just kidding. They don't go to jail. They just get whipped. <laughs> I miss brown people, man. I do. I know it's weird saying that in San Francisco, which is basically an extension of India. And a lot of similarities, too. Like, we have the same number of engineers per capita. In India, we have cow shit on the streets. Over here, it's human shit. Basically the same thing. But I don't have a lot of brown friends, unfortunately. I have some white friends, unfortunately. And it's just that they're cool, but how do I put this delicately? It's kind of not cool to be white anymore. Have you realized that? Does that hit too close to home? Is that too true? It's just, I mean, you guys used to be cool. You used to be cool. You really did, but over the last couple of years, <laughs> over the past couple of years, your game's been going off, man. It's happening. It's so much that even you replaced us as suspected terrorists. You did that. It used to be the brown person on the list, man, but now it's the white guy. Except in your case, it's mental health issues. For us, it's still radical terrorism, but you did that. Never has a brown person been so happy to come number two. They have never been. It used to be that you'd see a brown person board a plane with a beard longer than mine, and in your mind, he'd do something like, But now, if I see a white guy who looks like he doesn't get pussy, I'm like, this incel motherfucker's about to shoot this bitch up. The first thing my eyes out for is the waist. If I see a bulge, I'm out of there. Ain't nobody getting shot today. Same tactic that the cops use. And also, unfortunately, the leading cause for why so many unarmed black men get killed. Thank you, guys. That's my time. Nishant, man, canceling all white people. We deserve it, man. We deserve it. We're canceled. Um, all right. The next person coming up to the stage. Uh, no words. She is the proprietor of this establishment. So you guys better clap or else she'll kick you out. Uh, please make it loud for Pam Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Hi. Nishar was talking about poop on the street. You ended with, that was such a, such a downer, really. It's a comedy show, sweetheart. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, I live, I live in the Tenderloin and I play a game with small children because I nanny sometimes. And when we see a pile on the ground, I go, man or beast, man or beast. Make them guess. Uh, what I've learned is that from a four-year-old, if it's up against a wall, it's always man. 
They understand physics at such a young age. It's so darling. Yay! I had a day off yesterday. I'm feeling pretty chill. My boyfriend and I both had a day off, and he did uh, the sexiest thing. Laundry. He did all the laundry. He did four loads of motherfucking laundry. I was like, yeah. It's very sexy. Uh, I do. I live in the. I live in the Tenderloin. There's a lot of weird San Francisco hygiene issues I deal with all the time. Uh, I found these pants in a tree in the Mission. These are tree pants. That's a thing. Uh, my hygiene question is: If my tree pants don't smell like pee. Do I have to wash them before I wear them? No, no, I don't. I've, I've been wearing these for like 19 days now. They smell like my pee, but I kind of like the way my pee smells, so whatever. San Francisco hygiene question number two. If you're in Civic Center and you're using the public restroom, uh, do you leave the toilet seat up or down after you've been slamming heroin? Is that more of an etiquette question for you guys? That's um. Uh, I, my third hygiene question, I'm trying to lower my carbon footprint like most of the San Franciscans, right? So if I'm on the potty and I'm going number two and I use the same toilet paper to wipe my nose and then my tushy, can I give my butthole herpes? <laughs> Dermatologist says yes. <laughs> herpes simplex one and herpes simplex two are the same herpes. It's just location, location, location. <laughs> Don't live in the tenderloin. Yeah, that's... Where that comes out. I do, I do. I like the tenderloin a lot, though, because I always know um, how I look because they tell me when I walk down the street. If I'm wearing makeup, if I'm not wearing makeup and just wearing, like, normal clothes, people just leave me alone, which I really like. But when I do, like, put it together, you know, put on some makeup, wear clothes, I walk down the street, and it's hard to know if I'm being catcalled or complimented, you know? So um, I was wearing a cute little outfit, and a man said, you got a nice fit on today. And I was like, oh, well, that's a double entendre compliment. That's nice. I am fit. I have an outfit. That's nice. That's fine. It's a compliment. Walk down the street a little farther. Another man says, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. Oh, that's a compliment. Straight up. That's a straight up. You got my attention now. That is a good compliment. Yes. <laughs> Walked a little farther down. Man said, oh, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Oh, see, that's cat's that's catcalling. That's absolutely catcalling. I also like, why do you want to get your head under there, sir? Uh, it smells like my boyfriend's cum. That's kind of gross. Also, a little bit gay, kind of gross and weird. Guy on the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, other tenderloin jokes. What did I want to tell you guys? I'm trying to impress Nathan. It's his first time here. <laughs> um, I don't know what I want to close on. I want to close on. Oh, I know what I want to close on. So I'm a nanny, and sometimes I hang out with children. Here's the thing: when you have sex on top of a baby, it's it's not it's not pedophilia, all right? Because you're staring at the baby, making eye contact with the baby, and you're getting banged from behind. So you're having a good time, and the baby's having a good time, and the baby can only see like 15 inches in front of its face anyway. And and just because its first words are uh uh. It doesn't make me a bad nanny. That makes me a bad nanny. Okay, thank you guys so much. I've been Pam Benjamin. Jack Ferguson, yay! All right, give it up for Pam Benjamin because you have to. Uh, 
That's great, man. That's great. I am never hiring her as a nanny. Uh, the next person coming up onto the stage. I saw her yesterday at Under the Buck, and she has a very interesting, cool vibe. So, won't you give it up for her? Please make it loud for Saran! <laughs> was very formal. Uh, I, I expect a job after that. Um, uh, this segment of the program is uh, dedicated to diversity, apparently. Uh, we're getting some women in here. Although, um, it's okay. My pronouns are American white men. I am trying to convince people, you know? I, I hear girls being like, oh, don't call us guys. I'm like, call me a guy. Think I'm a guy. Pay me like a guy. <laughs> I'm trying to play mind games over here. Uh, you don't understand. Um, but anyways, um, honestly, like there's a lot I want to talk about, and I'm kind of here in disguise. Like um, nobody know who I am. Please, thank you. Um, but like um, some serious thing happening right now in the world, right? Um, I don't know if you guys heard um, this white female cop shot a black guy in his house. Yeah, that happened. That is the definition of colonization right there. Cause like, she showed up in his apartment <laughs> cause she thought it was her apartment and that shot him while he was not doing anything at all, like holding nothing. And uh, I wasn't surprised, it's not surprising, is it? You know what's not surprising? Her, his brother hugged her after and I was just like, Black people, white people have been in abusive relationships for a very long time, so that makes sense, you know? <laughs> they beat you up, we were like, ah, oh, let's live together, let's be happy. Y'all cool though, it's good. Um, if you're here, you're fine. <laughs> Every time I got white people around me, I'm like, you good, you good people? I like that, it's okay. If you're not offended, you know you're good people. But like, everybody complains about white people having privilege, but I'm just like, you can't choose it, right? Like, you didn't choose to have the privilege. I know some white people who don't even want their privilege. They're like, what, what am I doing with this? I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, don't worry, I got you. Come to me. I will make use of your privilege. I will, I will, it will be put to so much good use. Um, but what did I want to talk about? Um, did he leave? He left. Uh, I was going to say he was talking about um, how he had a fake job. And I was like, well, that's because all the immigrants took all the real ones. You had to make up a new one. I understand completely, <laughs> utterly. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting crowd. Hello, boys. Um, uh <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to fit into San Francisco because I'm not sure yet because I'm from Ethiopia. That's a whole different country. Um, and then I lived in Brooklyn. I understand it. I lived in Vermont for four years. Um, yeah, um, brown, all white people. How that happened was um, they were like, come over here. I was like, no, thank you. And they were like, money? I was like, yes, definitely. Definitely coming over there. The one time I got tricked by white people and benefited from it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, like, I think I'm... I'm really like cool about everything mostly like I'm chill about it but like sometimes I'm like America doesn't make sense because like America is like a company that got really good at advertising its services and now it's pissed off that it has an overflow of customers. 
Like, if you don't want us to come here, just stop, like, telling us you're so great. Because you're not. You lie. <laughs> stop lying. But I think America's going in the right direction because um, if you're a company that got really good at advertising your services, what should you do? You should hire the least advertisable person on earth to be the face of your campaign. <laughs> and that's exactly what you have done. Now, he thinks he has to build a wall, and I'm like, baby, no. Your face is the wall. <laughs> People in other countries who need to get out are looking at your face and going, no, thank you, I'll take my chances over here. Um, that being said, hello, thanks, uh, appreciate it. Um, congratulations for being on this planet. <laughs> everybody give it up for Saran is that right Saran Saran okay excuse me honey G I like that better man uh, I'm sorry I'm sorry it's a uh, honey G though I like that better I feel like that's better listen how long have you been doing stand-up that's the month you're very comfortable on stage I hope you keep coming back because you're very good yeah. Okay, moving on. Trying to not display my emotions like that. But uh, the next performer is, wow, is he something. He's got a beautiful mane of hair, and uh, he's very funny, too. And so I want you guys to absolutely explode like the fucking savages you are. For Aaron Lewis, everyone. <laughs> Mutiny Radio, yeah. Keep it going for yourselves, yeah! We're here on Friday! It is Friday night, fuckers. I love you guys. I only call people I love fuckers. Especially my grandpa. Yeah, oh yeah. I, uh, I turned 28 last month. I'm uh, getting older. Yeah, I don't like getting older because I hate old people. Um, they suck, dude. Old people fucking suck. They think they know everything. This old fuck the other day, he said, Yeah, I bet you never heard this song before. I said, Grandpa, get your dick out of my ear. I've heard that song a bunch of times. I fucking hate that song. I've heard it every day since I was like three. I don't want to listen to it anymore. Fuck. No, but I get it. Like, I hate my generation too. Everybody's getting soft. No one likes to butt chug Four Locos anymore. When's the last time you butt chugged a Four Loco, guys? Ever? Yeah, well, well okay. Well, not you, Luke Newman, okay. <laughs> not you. No, I was showing my mom how to butt chug four locos. Because, like, she's old, and old people like frugal shit, and that gets you drunk for cheap. So I was, like, I was, like, laying on the ground with my legs behind my ears. I was, like, Mom, you got to ork it. You got to ork it, Mom. She said, wow, I still have absolutely no respect for you. But at least you're not retarded like your brother. I said, Mom, that's fucked up, all right? It's 2019. 
You can't say retarded anymore. You got to use proper terminology. All right? He's a mongoloid. Yeah. <laughs> My man. <laughs> Do you, do you know that meme where like that guy can't sit for like five seconds without saying something? That's me with my man. Like just, oh, if I haven't said my man in like five seconds. Woo! All right. Uh, so so I, was, I saw somebody I hadn't seen in a while, and I was reminiscing about the good days. I was like, oh, man, you, went, you remember when we went on that camping trip together? And Big Sur, and the sky was blue, and the hills were green, and we all stood in a line and butt-chugged four locos together. They said, yeah, that literally didn't happen. You were the only one to butt-chug a four loco. And honestly, we didn't even invite you on that camping trip. You invited yourself, and you ruined the whole camping trip. Everybody has PTSD now. I said, whatever, dad. <laughs> so, like, I started my own movement recently. Uh, I started the me neither movement, where if you admit to do something very embarrassing in front of somebody, you just deny it right afterwards. And this started because we were at a friend's house, or I was with some friends at another friend's house, and we found my other friend's jizz rag. And I was like, what? Who doesn't have a jizz rag? And everybody kind of looked at me. And I was like, oh, yeah, me neither. Me neither. Like, <laughs> you ever found a baggie of white powder on the ground and snort it, with a, snort it and then wake up with a bloody ass? Yeah, me neither. Me neither. You ever sprinkle some dirt on your balls and call the Roomba in? Me neither. You ever talk about butt chugging four locos in front of a bunch of people? Yeah, neither did I. So thank you, folks. Man, that me neither joke is going to get you me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. The next comedian coming on the stage is a fucking comedy veteran, man. He's seen everything. And when you look him in the eyes, you can tell. Uh, give it up for Duat Mai. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know what that last comment means, <laughs> but what the hell is it about my eye that gives me away? Is it my soul? <laughs> Anyways, hey, uh, hey, I'm I'm glad I don't live in a big house, because uh, if I did, and I, I would always think about how like there's like different places where strangers could hide, you know. That's why I'm glad I live in my car. You know, I look in the front seat and go, oh, I'm safe for another night, for another night. What's going on, guys? Hey, I was, uh, hey, you know homeless people at the library? I was thinking, I was thinking 
Maybe they wouldn't always have to hang out here when they were younger. They spent more time at the library. I'm going to tell my kids, either you go now or else you're going to go later. <laughs> Come on! Is that too mean? Am I too high? They don't know. They don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know. That's me squirming. <laughs> if the director said, do squirm, I would have got the part. And we're like, I'm making $100,000 eating all the food. <laughs> And I got my own trailer. Got my own trailer. Hey, you know, somebody was talking about reincarnation. I was thinking, you know what? It would suck to be a whale, right? You live in the water, then you breathe air. I'd be like, man, why are you so pissed off? Because God gave us the ability to live in the ocean and the ability to drown. <laughs> if they're going to put us in the ocean, they got to give us a nose. And why is it on my back? Get it off me! Get it off. Hey, you know how I drove by uh, an airport once and a plane flew really close overhead, and I thought, man, that is like, uh, that's amazing. How is that plane up in the air? But my friend was smart. He goes, because it's floating on a sea of air. And I immediately, my high mind went, oh, I feel bad for the lobster, because, you know, when the whale swims above it, he still doesn't know. It's like, what the hell is it going on? You know? It's like, I don't understand. I understand. It, it eliminated the thought. But, you know, the lobster can't eliminate the thought. What? <laughs> you got to be able to eliminate thoughts. You guys think they fucking just go away by your own will? Well, you've been lied to. So. Hey, remember those? Remember that fashion trend where people wore uh, hearing aids? No, not hearing aids. Oh, I can't wear the joke. But the glasses? With the, without the lens, I thought well, they should wear hearing aids without that didn't work, you know? <laughs> you know, and you go, battery's not included. Perfect, I'll take it. Do you have a wheelchair that doesn't roll? <laughs> I want to sit in it while I try on my wig that has a bald spot. <laughs> Look at me, I'm going down the hill and I'm going to go off the cliff. <laughs> Seinfeld! Hey, subconsciously, I stole shit. Oh, uh, we didn't do this all day. Oh. Uh, we're working on my uh, like uh, my Pablo Francisco stuff, you know. No, it's just like he just does voices, and then you're like, how the hell does he? And then after three days, you go, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, it's just three hours in the garage. Uh, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it one day. Hey, you know, hey. Hey, you guys ever swim in a river and then something touches your leg and you go, oh man, what the hell is that? And then you realize, oh, it's just my other leg. <laughs> I, gotta stop, I gotta stop smoking weed and swimming in dark waters. <laughs> hey, you guys have been a great crowd. Thank you very much. Yeah. Do what? Yeah. My... All right, everybody. We are getting towards the end. This is two comedians left, I believe, unless anyone forgot to sign up. I don't think so. Everyone here is almost everyone here is already gone. Good job, guys. Staying and supporting. Nice. All right. I'm rambling. Uh, the next comedian coming up to the stage uh, knows jujitsu, so you better laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Make it loud for Nathan Lowe, everyone. 
bringing me up funky. I like that. How's everybody doing? Good. Yeah. We got any James Franco fans in the audience? <laughs> All right. Well, give me a sec. So uh, James Franco, American sweetheart, been getting a little bit of trouble this week. Started a company with his buddies. Actually, started a school. It's a couple of his friends, acting school, and. Uh, a couple ladies this week came out and uh, accused him of gross sexual misconduct, as opposed to all of James Franco's other sexual misconduct, which we thought was pretty hot. We liked it. But uh, he was teaching this class all the hullabaloo. These poor, poor, innocent, intelligent girls came forward and said that they took one of his classes. Not their fault. It's a pretty misleading title. It was called Sex Scenes with James Franco. <laughs> Apparently, they just tripped and fell face first into that clever ruse. <laughs> there were a couple red flags. One of the red flags was uh, that they had to submit an audition tape that James Franco would review after he turned all the pictures of his family around. And uh, there's gunfire going on next door. <laughs> all these hardcore James Franco jokes I'm throwing down. <laughs> But he got in a little bit of trouble for that. But I've, I mean, I'd take that class. I don't think it's a gun. Pay no attention to the murder going on outside. Pay attention to the murdering going on up here with these prime rib. This prime rib James Franco jokes, guys. This is what we came for. I'd take that fucking class, and I wouldn't be so snitchy about it. Just send me a text every once in a while, James. I just want to know you're there. Larry King just got divorced for the sixth time. He's 85 years old. Do you imagine going back into the dating pool at 85? Hey, my hobbies include breathing. I really like safe stairwells. <laughs> like well-carpeted area, fiber, big fiber fan. I, I like suspenders that don't cut into my gross paper mache skin. <laughs> I think there'd be some downsides, though, dating Larry King. You know, hear the same story a million times, little things. Check comes late. He always pulls out that quill. And, uh, you know, the odds of him actually ghosting you now are probably pretty high. He's actually behind you, physically haunting you. <laughs> I'll figure that one out. <laughs> Is anyone here uh, on dating apps? Anyone doing that? By show of gradual disappointment, that's the appropriate response for these. Just met a pretty cool girl on uh, Zillow. She's great. She's moving a little too fast for me. I uh, I don't know where to. She's just apartments, duplexes, asking me for my debit card information. <laughs> I don't think she has good intentions. <laughs> I uh, I know I look like I could tell you a lot about CrossFit, <laughs> and I can. CrossFit's when you take six or seven different sports and you just sprinkle in a little bit of Parkinson's. And then, you know, PTs just get a whole lot of money. Uh, I think that horn means I have w one minute, right? Okay, cool. Well, let's make it a tight no minutes. How about that? Tight no minutes is good? How about those James Franco jokes, guys? Really good, right? Fuck that guy, maybe. I would. I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take the class. Thanks, guys. You've been great. <laughs> Man, the people outside could not contain their excitement for those jokes, man. They were just <laughs> that those sound like fighting words to me. <laughs> what you don't know, man, is I have a gun. Okay. <laughs>
Uh, you guys don't want to see me fight him, you know. <laughs> you, why are you starting shit, man? You really? <laughs> okay. I don't want to see me fight him. Uh, <laughs> the next guy coming to the stage is asleep. Uh, nope. Okay, he's awake. All right. He's got. He's gonna bring the energy, guys. Uh, make it loud for Luke Newman. Yeah. <laughs> Energy, wake up. Wake up. Can you wake up? Oh. Come on. See, it's, it's up to you guys. To <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me fucking just, I'm trying some new shit out here. That was funny, goddamn. I just. I don't know, because I got some shit, though. Yeah. Okay, so. Alright. Um, okay, so. You guys, you guys seen it, the, the, uh. <laughs> Was that the, the, they they the, the little chick? What was her name? Uh, Greta Thornberry or whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever the fuck her name was, man. Got all into it and shit. Got this, you know. And it's like, and I'm look, look, you know, if we got it. Like the human beings were fucking up, you know. There's all type of. There's a big ass. <laughs> island. It's a, a big ass island in the middle of the Pacific, you know. It's not funny, bro. It's not funny. Is Greta there? Yeah, Greta, Greta Thornberry. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's not a joke, you know. This shit is really going down. But I think, I mean, it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm torn, you know, I have a, this ethical dilemma with it internally with me. Because, like, a part of me is like, yeah, we need to, you know what I'm saying, go, go get them, Greta. You know what I'm saying? If you look like a, you look like an alien. <laughs> but go get them. But go get them. But go get them. But the thing is... But the thing is, but the thing is, it's like nobody gives a fuck, Greta. Nobody cares, Greta, because I, 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 I know y'all fuck with a George Carlin, and one of these days, one of these generations is gonna have to be the last one. Gonna be had, gonna gonna have to be the last one. What 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 you what you confused about? One of these generations is gonna be had to, gonna have to be the last one to exist. All right, you know, and it's a very ominous. You know, they talk about you know uh, Generation Z. That's a very, to me that seems like a very ominous uh, 
name for a generation. Because Z is it, Z is the last letter in the, in the alphabet. Gen Generation Z. <laughs> no more letters after that shit. <laughs> There's no more fucking letters. That's it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, um, Who's ho who's the host again? Just come, get, come grab this. Thank you. Damn, dude, I feel like I fucking learned something. There's a fucking island in the middle of the Pacific, and Greta Thornberry is fucking living it, and she's about, somebody has to be last. That's all we know. All right, guys, I think that's it. Does anybody else want to come up? I don't think, I think you all went. Yep. Clap, All right. clap your hands together for That's Jack. It. Clap for Jack. Yeah. Yay, Jack Ferguson. Yay. If you guys want to stick around, I think some of y'all might be on happy hour. We got the other show coming up after this. And uh, other than that, have a good night. And thanks for donating. And if you didn't take a picture with Instagram of somebody outside or whatever you want, and like totally tag Mutiny Radio SF and follow us on Facebook. Instagram because I don't understand how any of that works but thank you so much for staying to the end it's really supportive and wonderful that you all stayed for each other so clap it up for yourselves say yay us yay us okay keep supporting Mutiny Radio we have a open mic tomorrow from 4 to 6 please come back uh, the sets are, have been really long on those that Saturday show because we just Whoever's here, that's how we divide the time up. So come on down on Saturday, 4 to 6, and hang out. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks again, Jack. Bye! We fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers. We're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. Yeah.
or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Spiegelman and I am Carl not Spiegelman join us every Sunday 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube we watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good well they're chosen by uh, here's you. his theme song again bye okay bye watch Nine months ago, a small hand-wrought baton began a journey in John O'Groats, Scotland, packed tenderly into the crusty saddlebags of some adventuress next to her underwear and can opener. At present, the thing is several time zones away, but on its way to San Francisco next month, Friday, October 4th, we will be celebrating its arrival with a party at Moto Guild on Treasure Island. Join us in welcoming the baton and her bearers, the Women's Riders World Relay to Northern California, making its way back 
to Europe via everywhere from the furthest reaches of six continents, Europe, the Middle East, Asia, Oceania, and on its way across North and South America, igniting a global sisterhood of inspirational women to promote courage, adventure, unity, and passion for biking. There'll be music, food, entertainment, neat bikes to look at, stories to swap, art to ogle, purchase, and people to meet. Everyone is, of course, invited to bring the whole family. Admission is free, but bring a few bucks for food, bevies, a raffle, and cool stuff from vendors. On Friday, October 4th, San Francisco will be celebrating the arrival of the Baton in California at Moto Guild on Treasure Island from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Come celebrate your love of the motorcycle and the women who ride them. For more information on the party and other awesome motorcycle-related tidbits, join the Dames Don't Care Motorcycle Collective on Facebook. For lots of info on the relay, visit womenridersworldrelay.com. Hope to see you there at Moto Guild on Friday, October 4th. Forth with Dames Don't Care. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Mr. Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. Mutiny Radio.fm Streaming live the station Mutiny 
mutinyradio.fm District of the Mission mutinyradio.fm mutinyradio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Look! Why not go to mutinyradio.fm Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material. Oh. Up here. And I started to do some thinking. And I'm on the freeway and I'm having a really, really good time. Black, black, black. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday, noon to two. I'm on the freeway. Good I am a total Hello, Blake. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Nine months ago, a small hand-wrought baton began a journey in John O'Groats, Scotland, packed tenderly into the crusty saddlebags of some adventuress next to her underwear and can opener. At present, the thing is several time zones away, but on its way to San Francisco next month, Friday, October 4th, we will be celebrating its arrival with a party at Moto Guild on Treasure Island. Join us in welcoming the baton and her bearers, the Women's Riders World Relay, to Northern California, making its way back to Europe via everywhere from the furthest reaches of six continents, Europe, the Middle East, Asia, Oceania, and on its way across North and South America, igniting a global sisterhood of inspirational women to promote courage, adventure, unity, and passion for biking. There'll be music, food, entertainment, neat bikes to look at, stories to swap, art to ogle, purchase, and people to meet. Everyone is, of course, invited to bring the whole family 
family admission is free, but bring a few bucks for food, bevies, a raffle, and cool stuff from vendors. On Friday, October, October 4th, San Francisco will be celebrating the arrival of the Baton in California at Moto Guild on Treasure Island from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Come celebrate your love of the motorcycle and the women who ride them. For more information on the party and other awesome motorcycle-related tidbits, join the Dames Don't Care Motorcycle Collective on Facebook. For lots of info on the relay, visit womenridersworldrelay.com. Hope to see you there at Moto Guild on Friday, October 4th with Dames Don't Care. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yeah. 